This is Unclaimed Bands. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight my guest is Anna Free. Welcome, Anna. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, Sean. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great today. Nice sunny weather. We don't have any uh, snow anymore here on the East Coast, but <laughs> you being out there in L.A., I'm sure it's uh, always sunny weather and, and yeah, beautiful no, out there. Yeah, mm-hmm, no snow out here. Oh, you're so, so lucky. <laughs> Uh, before we jump all the way into the interview, uh, let's uh, play something for everybody out there who's listening so they know what your music's about if they've never heard of you. Uh, okay. What are we going to hear? Um, I think we should um, spin Electrical Storm first. Mm, good choice. Good choice. Okay. This is Electrical Storm. <laughs> stops trust me it's like a fire that burns and then you got me it's like my whole world stops my mama told me not to fall in love with you
That was Electrical Storm. Anna, do me a favor. Tell me a little bit about that song. So Electrical Storm is um, probably the most up-tempo song on my debut album, Together, um, which was released in 2013. And it, it's just a playful, fun love song, kind of tongue-in-cheek, not supposed to be falling for, you know, that certain someone, but you're going to do it anyway and you know it. So, you know, you may as well just enjoy it. And that's kind of the story behind Electrical Storm is just about, you know, it alludes to a lot of the, um, the idea of that, like electricity between two people and just, you know, how, how like two people really connect on a crazy, crazy intense level. Gotcha. Gotcha. Till it all comes down and the reality sets in and I yeah, understand. exactly. No, no, I'm, I'm just joking, just joking. And you go, I knew this was a crap idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask, you've been playing since you were eight, right, playing mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah. Uh, how did you get started in music? I mean, did you come from a musical family? You know, for me, it's been a really um, chilled journey. I think that I was given a lot of space as a kid to learn music. Um, my father taught me to play guitar. He played guitar, you know, since he was young too. So he just taught me my first chords on what was my brother's little Spanish guitar uh -huh. at the time. Um, but my brother wasn't really interested in it. So I kind of took it on when I was eight years old. And, and then before that I had been writing poems and, you know, I was just always been a writer, you know? And so when I started playing guitar, it all fit together. Just, it, they became songs and, I, you know, I started singing and, and I guess I developed my own voice throughout my kind of adolescence and teenage. And I mean, my grandma on my mom's side, she sings really well. She has a soprano voice, which is mm. a lot different than mine, but, and she sings amazingly. So I think maybe some of my technique and tuning comes from that side of the family, but I don't have a particularly musical family. Like nobody's officially in music, but everybody kind of, touches on it in a different way so that's how I was first like introduced to instruments and then obviously growing up you know my dad and mom we had a lot of music in the house we had a lot of records playing and so there was we were just always surrounded by it do you do you, uh, do you play anything else besides guitar I play piano so I learned piano for five years um, in my early teen teens and I I quit piano because I couldn't play what I wanted to play. And that kind of says a lot about me and my personality. I was, I kind of, I stuck with it, but then I just couldn't be bothered to do any of these exams. I didn't care about hearing a note and knowing what that note is. Like, I just, I couldn't care less. I was like, I'm done with this, you know, and I just quit. But I've got to say that piano did give me most of the technical knowledge that I have about like, you know, transposition and how to play stuff and what mm -hmm. key things are in. So that was, that was a benefit at least. So you took, yeah, that was a takeaway from it. Oh, yeah. Cool. So just piano basically. I mean, but I just mess around, nothing major. Gotcha. Gotcha. Guitar is your main, main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned writing and writing poems and everything. Now, from what I'm reading, you have over 600 original songs you've written. Yeah, uh, I can't which, keep up with that. That's a lot. I yeah, mean, I'm a prolific writer. Someone didn't tell you. That's that's quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> People <laughs> always seem surprised, but I think that in my, I've been writing since I was 11, you know, and um, I don't know. I just, I find it, it's probably, I think writing definitely comes, well, maybe I wouldn't put it above singing, but like it definitely comes in on the same level as, as naturally as singing, you know? 
No, 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 absolutely. I mean, you, to to write that that many songs, uh, you know, <laughs> you've got to be broken. No, I'm kidding. Well, no, no, no. no it's not that you have to be broken. I mean, unless they're all Taylor Swift love songs, then possibly, okay. But but no, no. I mean, uh, you have to obviously um, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And and I would say certainly be good at it. Uh, I mean, from I mean, let's be clear. These are like these are a lot of these songs are very journalistic and they're very like uh, teenage and angsty. You know, the, I'm talking. This is my whole kind of lifespan in my all my songbooks. You know, they would amount to yeah. around that number. Well, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna reflect. You know, you're you're growing as as, oh, a, yeah. as a person and as an artist as well. So I'd imagine. But you know, back because you've written so much, and this is really a question we don't get to ask that often uh, where what was your you know do you find your inspiration still the same thing or where you know from back then as opposed to now as, a, as an adult do you draw upon the same things or where, where do you where do you get it from yeah I think that um I definitely get it from no, a lot of nostalgia um I think that I know better now how to define that nostalgia, like it doesn't always have to be a love song, you know, it mm -hmm. can be just anything that is reminiscent of an emotion. And it's just for me, I think it's also important to note that, you know, you, as you grow up, like songwriting is, is a real practice thing. And that, you know, it's like anything in music. It's just you have to learn like what fits with words and what kind of rhyme schemes you like. If you even like rhyme schemes, you might not like rhyme schemes. You just have to kind of decide what kind of style you want to go with. And I think that your inspirations come like it's kind of they go hand in hand with how you like to write, you know, and what genre, obviously, that you like to write in. But I think a lot of the, my material as a songwriter, my inspirations as a, an adolescent was very angsty, was very, um, you know, love related, was very family related, you know, but I don't ever remember being conscious of an inspiration kind of where I would get it from. For me, it was also a lot of routine. And I think that's really important as a songwriter. You have to have the routine to write because... It isn't, especially when you when you're in a career for it. You know, it, it doesn't just come so naturally as it as it did when I was a teenager. And I'd get home and I would, you know, wouldn't have all that much to do and you know whatever. I would just sit down, grab a guitar, and I would just write. It just seemed like a, the natural thing to do. And now that I'm kind of living in this world and a musician, and I write for all kinds of stuff and for records and for series, and I feel like that. Uh, has kind of I've had to keep in touch with my inspirations even more than ever now because it's so easy for you to just get wrapped up in in the business side of things and you know it's just yeah. like you got to keep remembering your roots and be keep being vulnerable to the world and the emotions that you're feeling so that you can keep writing good songs yeah you can't get can't let the artist be killed by the professional yeah, exactly. And it's a really difficult, like it sounds ridiculous, but it is such a difficult balance to strike, especially as an indie artist. You just don't have, you got to take care of all your stuff, you know, all mm -hmm. of it. It's on, it's on you. And, and it's, you know, you've, you got a lot to handle in, in one week as an indie artist. That's, you know, you've got to make sure you have time and, and peace to, to write. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, for people who, who, don't know and we're going to get into this a little bit you you basically you know do a lot i mean i i uh i, I want to touch on the fact that you know you graduated university with um and majored in ec economics yes and uh the dissertation title alone just 
blew me away. I'm like, <laughs> what is the impact of technology on the structure of the major record labels between 1995 and 2005? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I decided to do that in music because everyone else was doing it in housing tax. And I thought that's freaking boring, man. I'm not doing housing tax. Like <laughs> screw that shit. I'm not doing that. So, um, I was like, you know what? My passion's music. I love, I love econ. That's what I'm studying. And, um, I want to finish my degree. Obviously, you know, it was, it was only 20 when I finished my degree going on 21. And, and I was like, I'm just going to do it in music. Like there's so much economics and music and, I know, and I'm, I'm interested in it. And, um, you know, by that time I was already putting all of my songs on YouTube and I had a lot of traction on YouTube. And so, I mean, I was about a year into that. And so I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. I'm just going to grab, you know, the five, what, what used to be the five yeah. majors. And I'm going to like analyze, you know, all of the, the kind of, you know, the costs involved, transaction costs and, you know, digital and piracy and how it's affecting the labels. And that's just what I, yeah, I just chose a time period and went for it. That's just, wow. I got a really good grade because it was interesting. I think that mainly, like, I think that the professors were just glad to read something that wasn't, you know, about inflation or <laughs> taxes. They were like, wow, this is so interesting. Like, you know, it's because honestly, like, if you think about it, it's an industry that they may never, they may never have thought about, you know, or looked at or true. read about too much. Very, very true. Uh, so, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow. First off, is that paper available to read anywhere? It's not. I've oh. actually, I've actually got to, um, you know, the computer I originally wrote it on uh, crashed, and I don't. I do have the paper in uh, uh, physical form, and I know that's still hanging out in London uh, somewhere at my old like house. But um, I've, don't. I've told the people there to keep it like very safe. Like I need. I want to hold on to a copy of it, and yeah, maybe one day I could like digitalize it and make it available. But you know what, Sean, I have to go read it to make sure that I'm still proud of it. <laughs> I don't know if I could just, yeah, put that out to the world. No, no, no. I, I understand it. I, um, <laughs> there, there's actually a, um, a couple local record shops that yeah. I've been talking to recently. Uh, cause I find it fascinating that these, these mom and pop stores survive the big chains and then the right. big chains went away, and now they're they're still thriving in a, in, in a uh, in a digital world. So and I find that very interesting myself. But I digress. Um, you yeah. know, you mentioned YouTube, and you were working on that. You, right now, you have based, I guess, on based the latest estimates, you have over thirty five million unique views. You've combined mm -hmm. you have combined over eight hundred, or excuse me, eight thousand, eight eighty thousand, eighty thousand. Uh, yeah. subscribers. subscribers and that led to a lot of doors opening up for you as far as uh, collaborations and gigs with uh -huh. international stars were you very conscious when you were uh, of doing this or I mean what were your thoughts when you said you know that first video I'm going to put this up I think you know I was a I think it was just a very amazing combination of timing too because I was just at the age where you know I was I was old enough to kind of get on that journey without being too vulnerable. Cause you know, I think there's a lot of kids putting stuff on YouTube these days. They can't handle the criticism and they can't handle, you know, the amount of kind of uncensored, like brutal comments that, you know, that happen, you know, that happen on the internet. And that's just, that's one of the big problems with the digital sphere right now. But I kind of jumped, hopped on it when it was up and coming. So, you know, it wasn't too crowded, but it was gaining a lot of, a lot of momentum 
you know, as a digital platform. So I just, you know, ended up putting up the cover and I just made a name. I was like, make an account. That account has to be called something. So I kept my, you know, my, my name, my birth name, Anna. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I just added free onto the end. I guess that looking back, that is like, that's a definite concept that I gravitate towards the concept of freedom. I write about it a lot. I don't know, like unknowingly. Um, and I don't know, I just chose Anna Free. I did that and I, I just threw my threw my material on there and I started doing covers and at the time nobody really minded. Like none of my my colleagues or, you know, fellow artists were doing anything majorly impressive. Everybody was just doing it with their slumming it with their webcams and their cameras and that there was no editing involved. It was just how it was, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just come come a long way with it. Like I've got a lot to be thankful for in the in the digital sphere. Now, with that, you you uh, later for your uh, your full album, your full record. Yeah. You uh, you linked it with uh, Pledge Music, and yeah, I from understand like you yeah you you still had like 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 seventy some days left, and you had already achieved like over one hundred and fifty percent of what you needed. Yeah, we we did really. You know, thankfully the fans were behind the music and that was the real that was really scary I man it's really scary to do a crowdfunding campaign because you just never know you know when you've gotten to a point where your career has translated into some very real shows and some very real fans and people you you go and you go back to the digital sphere you wonder whether you've still got it you know you wonder whether you can still raise the money you wonder whether you know you you just don't oh, yeah. know yeah. how many fans are going to come out of the woodwork and and support you, you know. Well, it's a, it's a lot easier for a fan to say that, you know, post something that says, "Hey, you're great. I love you." Blah, exactly. Blah, blah. But it's, it's another... very difficult to get like money off your fans at the moment. Like it's just very people are very used to the the, the freedom of YouTube and. Why would I pay for this if I can just get it for free? And I and I understand that. Like, I can't blame anybody either. You know, what can you do about it? You just got to be smarter, you know, and think about it and try and, fig, you know, try and communicate to your audience why it's important that they willingly support you, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really difficult. You know, it's really hard. It's one of the challenges that I think a lot of me and my kind of, uh, you know, friends and artists that I've been reading about face, you know, it's very, very difficult. But yeah, thankfully we managed to raise the the capital and we made together, which is why I call the record together because you know we did it together, like with the fan base and I'm very close to them, and I want that to kind of maintain. And I put their names on the album, like in a di like in a funky little diagram, and it was just a very like it was very honored towards them. And the album artwork is kind of very colorful, and that kind of I wanted that to represent like all the various places that everybody was from and. I just wanted them to feel very involved with with the making of it. So yeah, I was very very fortunate. But you know what? I'm gonna say it. I don't know if I would crowdfund again because it really is so much responsibility. You know, it's yeah, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're there's a there's that trust with your fans that you don't want yeah. to violate or yeah, you don't want to compromise. And, and you know, there's only one of me. You know, like I've had some you know very select few fans be like. Hey, like you didn't fulfill this and you didn't fulfill that. And I'm like, I'm trying to keep up, you know, and it's mm -hmm. not like there's no bad intention there. It's like, I'm, I plan to fulfill it. Like I know it's been years, but like there's only one of me. I don't have a 25 man crew behind me, like answering my emails for me. You know, I mean, I have like three people who kind of work alongside me on a kind of regular ish basis. And even they have like 
you know, other jobs and other things that they're passionate about. So sure, sure. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> trust me, I get it. It, it takes yeah. a lot to be able to do that and, and even have them help you is one thing, but, but yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think that's incredible that you were able to do that. And, and, you know, it's just that if you don't grind that hard, you're out, you may mm. as well just go, go home, you know? Exactly. So with yeah. your, with your album together, um, mm. Is there is there any favorite song on it for you? Yeah, I I really love number four, which is called Renegade. In fact, I'm just wrapping up the video for it. Um, we just shot a simple video. Not that I'm going to release it as a single. I just it's a kind of like Bon Jovi esque ballad, you know. And I really like the thematic, like just what it's what it's about. Like the subject matter of Renegade is very important to me, mm-hmm. as far as. As ballads go, it's not even a love song. It's just about something, you know, very bizarre kind of happened to me when I, you know, kind of sprung into like the mainstream, you know, when YouTube kind of hit and and I started kind of doing bigger shows back home in Portugal. And I just, I, I found it really strange to see a lot of the people who have been in my life, some of my friends even, you know, and I just, I wanted to write about that sensation about, the bittersweetness of knowing that you've known someone for so many years and it just feels like they're total strangers. And you think like, gosh, but we, you know, we really, we knew each other forever. How is it that we feel this isolated? You know, mm-hmm. that's what Renegade's about. And I, it's every time I play it, I always, I, I always preserve that sensation, which is rare. Like, you know, you, you tend to, if you overplay your own songs, you tend to kind of disconnect a little from the emotion that originally wrote them. Yeah. But Ren, that doesn't happen to me with Renegade. So I wanted to honor that and like put it in a video clip and just, yeah, just, I wanted, like, I definitely didn't want, didn't want to stop, like leave the record behind, you know, on its promotional like curve without addressing Renegade in one form or another. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you do you now? When do you plan on releasing that? Do you have any idea? Um, I don't know whether I should be strategic about it or should just go ahead and release it. You know, I have no idea whether I should just just do it or if I should wait until like it might do better like on the market. See, this is me thinking like a business now. Yes. You know, like and not like an artist. Like it's just. The artist end will be like, hell, just release it. Like the fans are going to want to see it ASAP. You know, the the business end is a bit more like, yeah, but maybe there's a more opportune time to do that. Okay. I'm not sure. Keep to the website and we can find out when it's going to be released. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, with, with the record and as much, uh, as many songs as you've written, did you, uh, how did you go about choosing from your, your catalog of songs or did you write all new songs for this or was it a combination? Yeah, no, there's a combination in there. There's definitely some songs that I wrote with the, uh, my producer, Rodrigo Crespo, who I met through Shakira's people because he's worked with her. He's done some remixes for her. And and uh, obviously I opened um, on some of her tour in 2010. And so um, when Rod and I kind of got in the studio, you know, we looked at the songs that I had kind of brought in and, you know, a lot of them were really strong, but, you know, a lot of them weren't and they didn't make sense. So we just wrote some new ones. Um mainly co-writing the whole process and and yeah i guess the oldest song on the record is probably like well at that point it was probably five years old so now it must be well a good like seven or eight years old now but yeah it was kind of a mix it's kind of a mix it's not like the upcoming record that i'm trying to write for my new ep that like i want that to be kind of a whole new direction so i've got to write a little bit of like whole new repertoire of songs which has been challenging but it's been fun 
Okay, well, I'll tell you what, before we go on and talk about that as well, uh, why don't we let everybody hear another song? Um, what are we yeah, gonna do this for time? sure. Um, I think that we should spin No Other Way, which is just like, it's an it's a more of an acoustic song that my fan base would generally identify my sound as. Um, right. And it's like very, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a love song. Okay, this is No Other Way. What is the best place for somebody listening right now to go and get all of your information? The best place to go and get all my information would probably be AnnaFree.com because that's where we have centralized all of my social media and my SoundCloud, which has all of my record on it and where you can find the links to buy my stuff on iTunes and just all my projects are everything is just centralized on 
AnnaFree.com. So that's where I would usually send people. Okay. People, you know where to go now. So go there after the interview. <laughs> go. Okay. Uh, sign up for everything so you can keep in touch with her and uh, find out what Anna's doing. Um, you, you're working on a new EP you mentioned. Um, yeah. What, what's, uh, what, what, what's going on with that? So I just want to put out some new material. Um, I'm really kind of gravitating towards the folk pop sounds. Um, I don't want it to be too grassroots, but, you know, I don't want it to be too pop either. So I'm just trying to, like, find this, strike this balance with the songwriting and the arrangements. And, uh, and I'm just finishing the writing process. So, you know, I'm trying to gather as many songs, get as many things written as possible on as many different, like, instruments and different arrangements as possible. You know, the first step for me was grabbing my guitar and just free writing whatever came to my head just for a couple months. Then on piano, then I moved to piano. I just free wrote on piano and then I moved to kind of the more like, making a beat, you know, just producing something really basic, putting down a beat, listening to some of the references that I want to use for the album and going from there. Okay. Okay. Do so we... we're finishing the writing process right finishing now. Finishing the writing yeah. process. So we yeah. got a couple months then at least. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Okay. At least. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. Don't forget we're doing this alone. So a couple months, maybe, maybe more. No, trust me. I understand when you say alone, independent artists are not lost on me at all. And uh, <laughs> most of the people out there listening to our show, know that as well too so um now you, you were when we were talking a little earlier uh for the interview you mentioned you were also working on a, a dance collaboration yeah well i have a really strong um friendship and partnership with a great portuguese dj his name is Diego miranda and we did a collaboration because i was on his record actually in 2012 i think it was i mean it was really end of 2011 but it was called girlfriend and essentially for me it was just I just wanted to write a straight up catchy pop song. Like, cause my, my pop songs are generally, they've got a lot of meaning, you know, and they're a little bit mm -hmm. loaded in their, in their lyrical content. So I just wanted to go to the other end of the spectrum and just, you know, write a pop song, just, a, just a pop song. People can just dance to and sing along to, and that be all that that is. So that was what girlfriend was for me. And it was, it was, a really big hit back home. It spent a lot of time at number one. We toured it all year. And and then, you know, this this year I wrote a song called Letting Go. And it's kind of like a very folky song. And I and I shot it over to Diego and I said, Hey, like, do you know what? Like we could do something really awesome with this song. Um, like, why don't you mess around and see what you can come up with? And, you know, we don't have to use it. We could just have it. Like, who who cares? You know, let's just let's just do something with this song. So, yeah, we just, he just, you know, we worked the magic and he made it into a really cute little EDM-y type dance song. And, you know, I always love um, that, like, combining those two styles. So we're going ahead with releasing it. And, yeah, and this week I'm going to make the video clip for it. So. Oh, okay. That's okay. exciting. Yeah, I'm going to go out to the desert and, and do it. So that might be soon, sooner, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, this the single's actually already out, but it's kind of out on a soft launch. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Do, do you have, uh, I mean, with everything you do, okay, and as busy as you are, do you have any other uh, additional, like, outside aspirations, maybe something that's even away from uh, from entertainment that you want to pursue? I don't have anything that really captures me, like music. Like, I can't say that, you know, I would, you know, 
I definitely want to achieve this at this point. You know, aside from the obvious, you know, like family and whatnot. But mm. in terms of what I do get a lot is like, I get like the creation bug, like what I call like the creation bug. It's like whatever creative stuff is going on around me, I get this like it's like a it's like a virus. I like catch it and I want to <laughs> learn it. You know, it's like ceramics you know all of a sudden i go to a, like ceramics and store and i'm like oh my god i love ceramics like i want to learn how to do this but then i, re I just realized i don't have the time you know or jewelry <laughs> like there was a time where i was making bracelets for my fans and i just had fun with it you know i just let myself kind of roam within all the creative spheres the only thing that i will never pretend that i can do is draw i am the worst drawer painter <laughs> like my like dogs look like sheep and people are stick men. Like I just can't do it. You know, <laughs> I'll never pretend to be good at art, <laughs> like actual, like fine art. <laughs> no problem. You I guess both. I just, you know, I maybe would like to incorporate economics back into music somehow. I'd like to be an ambassador, like a musical ambassador for the United Nations, for example. Wow. I always figured that I would love to work with the UN because I think music is so powerful. It's just, it's healing. It's, it's crosses barriers. It, it breaks down, you know, it breaks down conflict. It's, it's really a unifying phenomenon. And I just, I think it's, I think it should be used in like all parts of the world. You know, it's used in all kinds of medicines, used in all kinds of therapy. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't it be used in, you know, through uh, economic organizations to like maybe, you know, uh, diffuse tensions. I don't know. You know, I have all these crazy ideas. No, 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 no. It doesn't sound crazy to me at all. I, <laughs> I, uh, I used to work at a hospital and they used uh, yeah, the whole I'm trying to get therapy, involved with uh, musicians now. on call now. I just, I submitted my application. Let's see what they say. You know, I just, I just want to give back, you know. That's incredible. That's really great. So uh, we're going to finish it up here. Uh, my last question for you right now is what do you, what to date, what's been your biggest career moment? Um, wow. What a question. Um, well, I had a recent one, which was being chosen as one of the top 10 finalists for the Guitar Center Singer Songwriter Competition, who that was judged and chosen by Don Was, mm. you know, who he produces Stones, he's just done everything, you know. And so, you know, out of all the submissions across the United States, I was one of 10. And so that was a huge honor, like huge. Oh, it was absolutely. amazing, you know. And plus, Guitar Center have been very, you know, they've been very, like, uh, helpful and they're supportive and they give, like, they give all the finalists a bunch of gear, you know, all the sponsors. And so that's been, that was a really nice kind of breather to kind of just get, like, a, you know, a break once in a while. Like, as a musician, you just, something great happens and you're, you know, you remember as well, like, you're reminded why you started as well, you know, as well as the fan base and, and giving back. But that and probably opening for Shakira in 2010, that was, that was like 19,000 sold out arena. That was in, it was totally insane. And, you know, and I guess making my debut album, like that was something that was very, very exciting. I do remember it as stressful because it really was stressful being, you know, being independent again, like having to do it all by yourself, not knowing really how. But mm -hmm. I think the second time around, it's going to be a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable, like this new EP. And, but those are probably like my three top moments. Well, so. those are those are three very good moments. I mean, to say that, yeah, that's, that's hold on to them. I'm all proud. stuff to be very proud about. That's great. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for taking time to uh, do the interview with me. Thank you I, I so really much for the it. opportunity to talk. Uh, I am honestly, I'm 
just blown away by all this, and your music is uh, incredible. <laughs> Seriously. If I find my paper, I'll send it to you. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. I'd love to read it. <laughs> I doubt I'll find it. I haven't seen it in a lot of years. That's but okay. I'll I've just got, keep I've hoping. <laughs> yeah, keep – yeah, don't, you know. Don't hope too hard. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. It's not gonna, you know, I, oh. I won't be, won't be waiting on bated breath. But you can always help. You know, every once in a while, I'll go, hey, did you find that paper? Hey, yeah, just hit me up. <laughs> like, did you, did you ever? No. Uh, well, everybody, uh, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. My guest has been Anna Free. Uh, remember to tune in uh, to other great interviews. We're gonna begin with other great artists from all over the world. And uh, Anna, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You guys have a good day. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.